Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Real Presence Live this morning. We are broadcasting from Virginia, Minnesota. We're at Holy Spirit Catholic Church. Uh, excited for today's show. Across the microphone from me this morning is Father Brandon Moravitz. Good morning, Father. How are you today? Good morning, Ben. It's good to be here. Getting ready to kick off another week and see what God has got in store for us here at Holy Spirit Parish in Virginia. It's been a little while. We've got to get the kinks out here, you know. It's been about a month since we've been on the air, and, uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and it's been a crazy month. <laughs> yeah, a lot's happening, you know. I mean, in some ways the world's slowed down, but in other ways it's picked up uh, in many ways uh, here at our parish life here in Virginia and life here at Marquette Catholic School. So it's great to be back out here with um, our, our audience, and it's good to be back on the radio, and I hope and pray that God will bless us in an abundant way um, over these next couple hours. Awesome. Well, we have a great show today, and uh, as we're starting, would you mind leading us in prayer? Is that okay? Yeah, I'd love to. And Ben, I want to start with the, uh, the serenity prayer. I kind of preached about that this weekend, um, and how you know, St. Paul wrote that all things work together for good for those who love him. And do we trust that? Do we believe that? That all things that happen in our lives, that if we trust the Lord, he will bring good out of it. Um, and, and as I was reflecting on that, that this past week, that, that famous serenity prayer really came to my heart um, and how we have to discern when we take action and when we have to just let things be. And it's, it's a difficult thing to discern through in our lives. But, but if we do that and we have the wisdom to change the things that we're called to change and then let be things that need to be let be, I, I think we can, we can really live um, St. Paul's words of trusting that all things will work together for the good of those who love the Lord. So let's open with prayer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. God, our Father, we pray that you would send your spirit down upon us during these next couple hours, that we may proclaim your word, proclaim the gift of your church, and that we may come to a deeper understanding that you're at work in all things, even those difficult moments in our life, that you are so present to us, and that you'll make good out of all things if we have utter trust and faith in you. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for opening us with that beautiful prayer. And I'm, uh, I'm excited about today's show. I know you and I have been talking about this and working out... Uh, who our guests were going to be today. And actually, there's a little bit of a string between our guests today and uh, sitting actually across from us is a pretty remarkable and amazing family. And this is the Sajovic family. And throughout our program, the next few segments, we're going to talk with them and, and some other guests that are kind of connected to uh, an experience and an accident that had happened a, a few weeks ago. 
and uh, we'll get to that uh, in, in just a second. But the, the Sajovic family is from Hibbing, Minnesota, and, uh, and recently, um, so I've got Sam and Teresa, who are the parents, and Rose, who is the daughter, and there was uh, an accident with uh, a truck a few weeks ago, and they're here to kind of share their story of hope and how this experience kind of tested their faith and how they persevered through it. So I think there's going to be a lot of amazing uh, things to talk about and, uh, and ways that we can focus on hope, and especially, Father, in a time today where we need some glimmers of hope in our world. We need to kind of to see these opportunities to, to thank God for his goodness. Yeah, and I was thinking, as you said, this, this remarkable family, I always laugh because, you know, uh, sometimes people say that about my family, like there's two priests and my sisters have all these kids and this family, and then someone says that about us and we're like, no, not us, like we're a mess, like our family fights, our family has struggles, we have challenges, you know, and it's, it's always amazing how God can take our brokenness and use that as a witness to those out there. And, and, and that's where, you know, just my encouragement to you today as we, we, we spend some time just talking is just be yourself. God doesn't want you to be anything else. You know, you got to just share who you are and your joys and your struggles. And, and then we take that and we look at that and say, how has God been present in all of these moments? You know, like for a lot of people, this, I mean, obviously it's difficult, it's painful, it's mm-hmm. hard, but yet there's this hope and this joy in the midst of it because of the faith that your family has. Um, but that doesn't take away from the challenges right? Right. and the struggles. You know, they were, the, the family was just telling me, like, we're not morning people, Father. Like, holy cow. And here they are at 9 in the morning, drove all the way from Hibbing, you know, and they might have a little sleepiness in their eyes. But, but God's still going to work with that, and you want to share your hearts and, and share your life. So it's so good to have you guys here, um, and it's a great gift um, for, for you to be here to bring hope. Um, there might be a lot of people out there listening right now that are struggling with different things in their life. Maybe there's a sickness going on. Maybe there's an accident. Maybe they're just struggling with isolation and they're confused. And, and maybe you guys can share a little bit just how God has been present to you so others might trust in him even in those difficult moments. Yeah. So, Sam, I want to start with you. So you are the husband, the dad, and I just wanted to give you a chance to introduce your family to our listeners today. Yeah, yeah no, I'm Sam Sajvik, and my wife is Teresa Sajvik, and she's sitting right here. Um, we have uh, a total of four kids and a fifth on the way. Oh, what a blessing. Um, what a blessing. So it goes, Vincent is the oldest, and then Rose, and then Charles, George, and we, we know what baby is, so it's going to be baby Henry. So, so we're going to have a total of four boys there. Yeah. And you guys are from Hibbing, Minnesota. Yes. And you have military background, Sam, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. In 2008, I had joined the Army and ended up being stationed in Germany. And uh, Teresa was able to follow me over there. Uh, in fact, Vincent and Rose were both born over there. And uh, we were on such a small base, they were born on the German economy, so they both have dual citizenship. Um, so the, the little boys missed out on that. But <laughs> <laughs> They're just American. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, we, we got back to Hibbing in 2012, and we've been here since. So. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you guys for joining us today, and welcome. And uh, So Sam and Teresa have an amazing, amazing daughter, and her name mm-hmm. is Rose. And Rose, I have to say, so I first heard about this accident. I was on social media one day, and there were actually several families, because we live up on the Iron Range, Virginia and Hibbing are about 30 minutes apart. And so in the Catholic community, there's a lot of families that kind of know one another. And so all of a sudden, I was on social media. I was on Facebook one day. And I saw several of my friends who started posting, we need to pray because there was an accident up in Hibbing um, with this incredible young girl and her name is Rose. And I just remember 
in my own experience as a father, like your heart just kind of sinks a little bit. Mm. And I started thinking, oh my gosh, I really just need to pray. So I'm sure not only myself, but so many people were praying throughout that day for you. But I wanted just to, to welcome you, Rose. And uh, so maybe tell us a, a little bit about that day. So you were, may, may, go ahead. I think maybe, yeah. well, let's start with an even easier question. All right, what grade are you in? Fourth. Okay, going to be in fourth grade. <laughs> All right, awesome. Um, and just like, do you, tell us like uh, a little bit about yourself. What kind of things do you like to do? I like to do school and play video games with my brothers. Okay, nice. So, what kind? What like subject-wise? Like, what do you like to study most in school? Math. Math. Okay. <laughs> We're very different. I don't like math. Oh, oh Rose, you can start teaching me some math. I'll tell you what. Um, and then video games. You got any favorite video games? Um. I like to play Minecraft. Nice. Oh, my son likes to play that one. Oh, my yeah. nieces and nephews are playing that all the time. I was, <laughs> I was with my sister Michelle up in Ely, and uh, my nephew uh, Davis was trying to get me to play, and I was just like, I don't know what I was doing. It's complicated. Right, so I'll have, to, I'll have to come over. You can teach me something. How's that sound? <laughs> so, you know, Rose, it's great. So it's, it's good for people to hear. Um, what grade did you say? Fourth grade? Yeah. Okay, so fourth grade, you like playing video games. Um, you like going to school. You like math, as sad as that is. All right, actually, that's really awesome. Um, but so, so all of a sudden, one day this summer, okay, you're out biking, and something very difficult happens all right do you, do you want to can you can you remember that can you share a little bit about what happened or um what do you think she can't really remember yeah i can't she remember a whole lot it's hard talk about it? when you woke up mm-hmm. yeah how about that so i mean or mom could you just kind of lead up to that day like what was your experience yeah well, okay, we were that morning a really normal normal day um yeah. she actually cooked all of us scrambled eggs for breakfast and then <laughs> she is a very active um and social little girl. Yeah. So she went on her bike route to see all of the old people that live near us that she just <laughs> loves to visit, um, but can't visit right now because of social distancing. Yeah. Yeah. She would not social distance, but they do. <laughs> so she went on her bike route, and I went inside to start folding laundry um, because that's a never-ending chore. Mm. And I was sitting upstairs um, where I was folding, and um, we live next to a mental health facility, mm-hmm. and there's normally a lot of sirens that go by so I was sitting there folding and I heard a lot of sirens and Sam was bringing up bucket upon bucket of clean laundry for me to fold <laughs> and he's like oh I'm so glad that's not yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. the sirens and went oh glad it's not us this right. time but it was, it yeah. was yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I I got a phone call from an unknown number and I thought our dog had ran away because he is really good about running away yep. yeah. and um, a man ans- uh, a man answered you know is this Rose's mom I'm like, oh, crap, she got caught, like, taking flowers out of someone's yard, or she's visiting, and she shouldn't be. And you wouldn't do that, Rose, would you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and he's like, Rose is in a little accident. And my heart just dropped, because mm. I had heard the sirens, but I didn't, I don't know what kind of accident I thought it was. And I asked where, and it was just down the street from us, just mm. two blocks. And he's like, meet us at the hospital. And I didn't listen. Right. <laughs> I hung him up. I yelled at Sam. I said, Sam, something happened to Rose. we got to go. Um, he grabbed the little boys um, and Vincent and put them in the van. And I had already started running down the street. And when I came up to the street, um, the corner where she kind of was, she was near off to the side a while. But um, 
she wasn't moving and her left leg was jutted out to the side and in a really unnatural way. Mm -hmm. And my heart just, I felt like I was in a dream. It was really surreal and she wasn't moving. I couldn't hear her. There were tons of ambulances around and I saw the FedEx truck kind of off in the distance and this poor woman bawling, you know, and I didn't know what to feel. I was just, I was just so, so I just, I kept walking. And as I got closer, I heard her little voice praying a Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. And I could tell she was crying and she was, you know, upset, but she was praying and I could hear her. So I was like, okay, she's alive. And my heart just went, oh my gosh. Like, you know, in, in movies, when you see, you know, parents at the scenes, like the police are always like, stay back, stay back. And I was just like, nope, I'm going to go. I'm (laughs) going to be that parent. And, um, but it was like, now I can see why parents would do that. And then, um, later on, I reflected like, how did Mary stay back? Mm. You know, how did she just let Jesus mm. go past her like that and, and yeah. hold back? Cause I couldn't hold back for a second, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I didn't have to watch it happen. Right. You know, I just came upon the scene. So I got up to her and, and she was just crying. The first thing she said was, mom, I'm sorry. I think my bike's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, do you remember that? Do you remember praying at all? Or do you like, I do remember praying. Yeah. So. You kind of woke up, and that was kind of your first thing that you started doing was praying. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you do you often pray the Rosary or Hail Marys or those sort of things, or is that just something that, like, when you were hurting and you kind of woke up, you just kind of started doing right away? I started doing it right away. Yeah. yeah. Did that give you comfort? Mm-hmm. Like when you were praying, how did that help you? Do you think? It knows that even though my earthly mother isn't there, my godly mother is. Beautiful. That's awesome. That's a great lesson for all of us to learn that. You know, sometimes our, our earthly moms aren't always there with us. Um, and sometimes there's older people. Maybe their earthly moms have died and are in heaven. Or, or maybe there's times when we're kids and our earthly mom can't be there when we're scared or afraid. That, that Mary, our mother um, in heaven, is always with us. Um, that's beautiful. i, I got to remember that. You're teaching me a lot today. <laughs> you're teaching me math and you're teaching me to, to trust that Mary's with me all the time. That's so beautiful. Good work. I, I just want to say, Rosa, that I had kind of heard this too as... Uh, people started talking about the accident and I had heard someone tell me that um, that you were there and you were praying a Hail Mary and it just struck me so much that you're in fourth grade but honestly I think for all of our listeners today and all that know you like you teach us a lot because in many people in that circumstance there can be and naturally what happens is a lot of us kind of go inside and just look at like oh like where am I but here I mean I hear your mom saying you're praying a Hail Mary you're saying, I think my bike is broken. So it's like you almost were living in this place of like concern for others and like turning to God and like, and what a beautiful way to live in the sense of like, I just, I need to pray to my blessed mother and know that she's there. And even like a concern for your mom thinking, oh, I broke my bike. Like, but there's some, <laughs> some beauty in that where it's like, you almost live a life as like a gift. And uh, so I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I want to say to Sam and Teresa, like you guys have really raised an incredible family and and uh, a beautiful thing that is yeah and so so you come upon the scene rose is there you guys are there you know rose is praying there's all this kind of probably chaos going on mm-hmm. what 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 happened next all right because i know eventually you guys got to duluth what yeah. was what was that kind of yeah. transition like she was emergency airlifted to duluth yeah and um do you remember the flight at all no not that much. not much okay yeah she said it was cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we got down there, and uh, thankfully uh, a family priest friend, Father Drew Braun, was able to get there before we were because it's a long drive. And he never left her side. He stayed with her, and they just prayed together. And, 
and laughed and talked about burritos a little bit. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and then she, when we got down there, it was just, it was crazy just how serious it was. Like we knew it was serious when she was airlifted, but just there was so much going on and so much, um, not knowing if they could save her leg. Um, and, and we had heard some good news too that you know her brain was fine and there was no internal damage. Like she had some head trauma. Yeah. Um, she still has some headaches and stuff, but her vital you know things were safe, and that was a huge blessing right away. And um, when we didn't tell her right away that she might have lost her leg, but afterwards when we were talking about, it, she's like, "Oh, mom, it would have been okay because at least I'm alive." Yeah. And I was not that way. I was a mess, and I was actually a little bit upset when she said, that. "I'm like, Rose, really? Like, yeah. come on." <laughs> I'd have but a peg leg. You'd have a peg leg. <laughs> and how would you do she on that? She said she didn't leg? mind looking like a pirate. <laughs> Love it. So, so you guys got to Duluth then, and um, spent a significant amount of time in Duluth. How long were you there? Um, eight days. Eight days. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good chunk of time to be away from home, and yeah, she was in the ICU the entire time. Yeah. So unbelievable. Yeah. You know. Um, we're here uh, with Real Presence Radio, and it's a great to have all of you out there, our listening audience. We're here with the Sajevic family, um, just talking about uh, an experience of tragedy um, where uh, Sam and Teresa's daughter Rose got hit by a truck um, and had some, some broken legs and some difficult circumstances. Yet Rose exhibited this great faith of turning to the Blessed Mother um, and just always having this heart for other people, even in her suffering. Um, and I often think of how Jesus talks about the faith of a child, um, and that a faith, of, faith of a child can see things often with a proper perspective. And I see that in Rose, that she's able to see this with a perspective that often we don't as adults. Um, and that's a great gift that God has given Rose in teaching all of us these things. You know, and I think, Ben, when we come back from break, um, I, I'd like to talk, you know, you, you talked about how Father Drew Braun was there. All right, was he the first one that meet, met you there? All right. And I want to talk a little about the role of priests in your life, because I know priests have played a significant role during Mm this. Um, And we can talk a little bit about what our community did um, over in Hibbing for you. Uh, But I I just want to, I I think that's really important for us to talk about how how priests and laity support and nourish one another. Uh, Because I know you've, you've had an impact on their lives. And because of that, they're right there with you. Right. You know, yeah. and there's there's a beauty when that relationship is good and healthy. So I, I'd like to talk a little bit about that after break. Just that role of priests and the laity, and how those priests have played a role in your life, and how priests have helped you. Okay, what a gift, eh? Um, and then uh, we can talk a little bit about the wheelchair ramp that we built, and uh, hopefully that's been a good experience for you as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not okay. That's fun. It's really fun. <laughs> that does sound okay. So again, if you're just joining us, we're talking with the Sajevic family this morning, and uh, their experience. Um, and in many ways, it's, it's a story of hope, and, uh, and we, we thank you for, for joining us. We have just a, a minute until we, we go to our break, and I just want to ask uh, Sam and Teresa, so I just heard um, this sense of like such optimism and hope with Rose, and I'm just thinking internally like as a parent, like in your experience when you went to the hospital, was there much optimism and like hope, or like what was your experience going no. through this? <laughs> no, no, that, that, there, was, there was a lot of worry and... and from from what I had seen at the accident, I knew that mentally she was okay, but it was like, you know, this this is going to be a big change for a while, possibly permanently. And so, yeah, there, there was a lot of uh, fear there. and but, but thankfully, everything turned out and just trusted and treated it as best we could. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and that's uh, what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break. As Father had just said, we're going to continue this conversation of hope and perseverance and trust in the Lord. And uh, so we hope you'll join us uh, as we continue our conversation with uh, the Sajovic family here. We're going to talk also uh, in the next, in a continuing segment uh, with a man from our parish. His name is Dan Schultz, and he's going to talk about this experience of a bunch of men in our parish building a ramp for the Sajovic family. So we've got a lot to talk about in the rest of our show. We hope that you will uh, stay with us, and we will be back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Kristalina Everett, and I have a new show coming to Real Presence Radio beginning Thursday, August 6th at 11 a.m. Central. It's called Women Made New, where women help women get closer to God through honest conversation with our guests about the challenges we face in our lives. We'll be reminded that no matter what mistakes we've made, it's never too late to start over. That's Women Made New, heard right here on Real Presence Radio every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Central, beginning August 6th. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Mount Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. We hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo, parishioner of Saints Anne and Joachim Church in Fargo. I'm excited to share with you the launch of Lumen Vision, providing eye care for the whole family, including eye emergencies, vision therapy, and routine exams. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eyes of Faith, a frame company that prints scripture verses on the inside of each frame. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live this morning. I'm Ben Froster, host here with Father Brandon Roberts. We're broadcasting from Virginia, Minnesota, and we're continuing our conversation with the Sajovic family this morning. And Father, in that last segment, they alluded to... Um, when they went to Duluth after this accident that uh, this priest, Father Drew Braun, was able to be present to them. And as they were talking about that, I was just thinking, one, one of the beautiful things that I love about our Catholic Church is the universality of it. So here we are, you know, over an hour away from Hibbing to, to Duluth. And yet there's someone in Duluth, a priest, a person of God, who's able 
to touch the life of your family, even though they're not from the local community. And I just love that universality, that anywhere we go, we can have those priests that are a part of our family to come in and to help us in our time of need. Yeah, and it's beautiful to hear this actually all come together because I remember when this happened. All right, obviously I heard that you were, were hurting and all these sort of things and you were being brought to Duluth. And I had heard that one of, you know, your really good friend is Father Bo Braun actually, mm-hmm. who was in yes. Hibbing. Yeah. I remember Father Bo posting, please pray for a family. They're having a, you know, there's something happened. And then he was, oh. he was leaving Brainerd. I get goosebumps talking about it because I remember Father Bo, he put everything down. He was in Brainerd. Brainerd's yeah. a long ways from Duluth, but he cared and he knew about you and you were good friends with him that he put everything aside to get there. And so I knew he was doing that. So I called Father Drew and said, is Father Bo okay? What's going on with, I, I didn't know it was you or anything. But then all of a sudden for you, goosebumps, <laughs> Father Drew is there for you and Father Bo is on his way. Yeah. And I, I, I think to myself, and then I, I called those guys and, and how we as priests love our parishioners and we want to support one another, encourage one another in caring for our people. And so it's beautiful to think that Father Drew is there when you got there and then Father Bo showed up and both those guys stayed with you. And then we, my, myself as a priest here in Virginia, was helping you by building a ramp for you and all these priests like come together and, and join in and supporting you to help nourish your faith, help encourage you and support you during this time. So, you know, I mean, I, do you want to talk a little bit about just um, what it did for you to have these priests surrounding you and supporting you during this time of, of trial and, 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 and tragedy in many ways. Um, as parents, and then Rose, even for you, what was it like having <laughs> priests there for you and what that's experience been? So I don't know, whoever wants to start. What's no, no it, it, was, it was a huge relief. I mean, they, they, all of you guys have set up everything during that time. I mean, Father Drew um, aligned a place for me to stay yeah. because due, due to COVID, only one parent can stay overnight. Mm. So Teresa stayed with Rose. I went to a, a spare rectory, a spare room, and so we didn't have to worry about that. Um, when Teresa needed to to freshen up, to go take a shower or whatever, she can't do it there. Um, and I was the one needing to drive her. Um, so they would actually stay with Rose and just She's hang out with her, alone. give her whatever, just, just give her comfort while Teresa was able to freshen up, recharge to go to go back to being with her and it was it was and then you with building the ramp it's it it was just a whirlwind and it was just amazing yeah, yeah it was we i called father but before i knew she was going to be airlifted and because my first thought was like i need to tell my brother yeah. you know he's like a brother to us and yeah. he's been good friends with sammy and i um for years now and um so i called him and i feel bad now shocking him that way like i just i was just crying and i was like brother you have to pray for rose and um and then by the time i got to the hospital and she was airlifted he was already on his way Mm -hmm. and i couldn't believe that because brainerd is a busy busy parish um and then um we were like well he's like wait wait for me there you know she's going to be put into emergency surgery anyway so if you get down there like just just please wait for me i want to go with you and um, so we did. We waited for him. We had to get our other sons ready. And um, Sam's mom actually lost a little sister in a car accident when she was five. So, and this happened right next to their house. So he had to go and comfort his mom. So we were waiting. Father Bo came up and um, we drove down. And as we're driving, he's like, oh, Drew's with her. And I was like, what? He goes, Father Drew, my brother. I'm like, no, I know if Father Drew's your brother. And he said, he's with her. And he sent us a selfie of Rosie <laughs> coming off the helicopter with Father Drew. Yeah. And um, she had like a neck brace on because she had head trauma and she had cracked ribs, a cracked pelvis. 
shattered bones, both of her femurs. And he was there with her and, you know, he wasn't afraid of the COVID. He wasn't afraid of it. He was just with my little girl when I couldn't be. And um, the first thing he did when he walked in, I guess, was like, I'm Father Bo's brother, the better brawn. <laughs> <laughs> and Rosie's like, there's more than one? <laughs> so it was just awesome. And to get that picture, because I couldn't be with her. Um, mm right away that there was someone there with her um and like he didn't he doesn't know us yeah. you know he knows that we know his brother and um but he was there for my little girl and that was that was huge not only to have someone that loved us but someone that also loves the lord and yeah. that would be with rose at that time so i know that was a huge comfort for her and they became friends didn't they <laughs> Rosie, you want to talk about a little bit about that? Like having Father Drew there when your mom and dad, you know, it seems like God provided for you. You know, when you were um, uh, uh, wait, waiting to get in the hospital and go to Duluth, you said, Mary, you know, you asked Mary to be with you and you knew Mary was with you. And then you get to Duluth and there's a priest waiting for you. <laughs> like talk about God, like reminding you that he's with you and all those things. Right. Um, and so what was that experience like having Father Bo and Father Drew and those guys that are with you during that time? Was that comforting and that help you? It did help me a lot. Yeah, how, do you, how did it help you? Because I knew that God would be with me all the way. Mm-hmm. Were there, were there um, anything that they did for you while you were there? They gave me, um, they gave me communion. They, oh, beautiful. Aww. So you got, you got Eucharist, you got the body of Christ when you were there. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, so isn't that amazing that those priests came and they were there to comfort and they were to be with you and pray with you, but also to bring you Jesus. All right, that's the greatest thing. I also heard that not only did Father Drew give you spiritual food, he gave you some other kind of food too, right? <laughs> what, what, what did Father Drew for, do for you every morning? Get me burritos. <laughs> okay, yeah. So he got you burritos every morning. Like He also did those great things for you. And, and I, you know, to our listening audience, um, as, I, as I hear about my brother priests, I, I, I find myself getting a little emotional because I, I'm proud to be a priest. And to see priests that are willing to run to the front lines when people are struggling and suffering. And in a time that often priests are under attack, like I just, mm-hmm. for, for our listening audience out there, we have so many good priests that are willing to lay down their lives for their people. Um, and you as people support us and love us and nurture us. And then we're able to be there for you during times of tragedy and struggle. Because the reality is there is suffering in the world. There's going to be tragedy. But Christ reminds us that he'll be with us always. And, and the way he's with us so often is through his priests and through the sacraments and through these sorts of things. Um, and so it's such a beautiful gift to hear Father Bo and Father Drew being there with you um, during that time. And uh, I would assume as, as parents, all right, that gave you great comfort um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a spiritual way to have those priests yeah. there with you. Um, and maybe just, just to throw one, just right back at you, is just... Um, Having those priests that are with you and supporting you, like, what, what did that do for you um, in your, like, gratitude for the priesthood? Um, oh, we need our priest. And we, I feel like we really need each other. And, and now where there's that kind of that stigma, like, you keep the priest at, at arm's reach and they're yeah. only there to give you the sacraments. Like, they need to be loved, too, as a family. Um, Bishop Barron wrote that book. Um, and in there it talks about... Um, families and priests needing each other to fill each other up and that's so true and i just think um father Bo's really a part of our family whether i want it or not (laughs) yeah right right yeah yeah um and um i mean gosh like you know like he didn't have he has a ton of parishioners and tons of people and but he's there in a in a a way that the doctors got rosie covered Mm. you know um and we're taking care of things at home, but she, they were there in a way that Rosie needed. Mm-hmm. You know, if she had died, 
um, they had already given her lacerates. Yeah. You know, she was totally, and she was, that's what she wanted. Because she's like, Mom, I haven't gotten to confession in like two weeks. I, if I die, like, what's going to happen? You know? <laughs> she was so nervous. Rose, you are uh, remarkable. I just have to say that. You are remarkable. Thank but you. But as you're, as you're saying that, like as parents, I'm just thinking too, like again, kind of honoring our priests. What is a priest? It's en persona Christi, mm. in the person of Christ. And again, there's so many times today where there's, there's challenges or maybe we, our perception of the priesthood is at an arm's length. Or, you know, we, sometimes we say, is a priest good if he has a good homily or if right. he's a good administrator, if he's this. But to me, like seeing what Father Bo and what Father Drew did in the sense of like immediately out of love for one of the flock, mm-hmm. I'm going to go be Christ. I am going to be Christ for this family. So, and I just, the, it just amazes me to the, see the amount of grace from the moment where you're sitting there praying, asking for our blessed mother to pray. And then it's just surrounded by grace with Jesus himself present through his priest saying, I love you and I'm yeah. going to be present to you. And I do want to say too, I want to lift up Father Brandon. So I'm, I'm in, the, in the midst of all of this and we're hearing and you guys were in Duluth and we're, our staff is in the office in Virginia and Father's been in, Father Brandon's been in contact with his two brother priests and he feels a call on his own heart to say, as in persona Christi, as in the person of Christ, to say, we need to support this family. They've been through so much. Um, and we ha- we, we'll talk later with another one of our guests, but we had this group of guys in our church and he said, we need to, sounds like she might be in a wheelchair. We need to go build them a, a wheelchair ramp. And I'm like, to me, and my, my initial thought was, where did that come from? Like, yeah. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's like, we need to go build them a ramp. And, and uh, maybe father, like, what was your experience with that? I mean, and where, how did that come onto your heart? I just remember it just seemed like, boom, all of a sudden it was there. Yeah, you know, there. I, um, I, quite, when Pope Francis first started his papacy, he talked about how the church needs to be a field hospital, that it needs to go mm. out to the fringes and, and to, to bring life and healing to people. And it, like it's always been on my heart that when there's a situation out there, I'm not just going to talk about it. Let's go do this. Um, so often we talk about doing things in the community, and sometimes we lack that in a major way as Catholics. Um, and, and we need to get out. And so I, Father Drew and Father Bo are good friends of mine, and I know how they were friends of yours. So my heart was like, what can I do? <laughs> like, I want to help because I knew it was going to be a difficult situation. So I tend to just throw things out at the wall and just hope someone's going to come forward. And <laughs> I started calling guys in my parish, and all of a sudden I started getting yeses. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. I was like, we didn't even think of it. Like, that wasn't something on our mind. In our mind, yeah. we just wanted Rose to make it through surgery. And yeah. then we wanted her like, so when Father Bo was talking, do you want to ramp? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, no. Like, I need a good dose of coffee in Jesus right now. Like, no. And, uh, and I thought about it later. Um, you know, Jesus leaves the, all the flock for that one. That's how I felt like with our priests is that they left that to come for Rose when she needed them most. And just really, um, they were really showing them how Christ is in this world. And that's what we need right now. But yeah, so th- Rosie, what do you think about that ramp? It's awesome. <laughs> Why is it awesome? Because sometimes Daddy go, makes me go down it really, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you could probably get going pretty pretty good speeds going down that thing, huh? Mm-hmm. He almost crashed me, though. Oh. <laughs> Never said I was a good driver. <laughs> Rose, it would probably be a whole lot, diff- lot more difficult getting into the house with all that ramp, huh? Yeah. Made things a lot easier for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so good. Do me a favor, okay? I haven't, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since we built a ramp. Every time you go up and down that ramp, I want you to pray for those guys that built that ramp. Okay. Okay? Like one little Hail Mary. 
Okay, that's how we should operate, you know, as someone did this great act, you know, because they wanted to be like Jesus for you, and now you just pray for them, that God would bless them because they're dads and they're husbands and they're grandpas and all those sort of things. So every time you go up that ramp or you're sitting out there, just say a quick Hail Mary for all those guys that built that ramp. Think you can do that? Yeah. yeah can you tell awesome. them what you say about Hail Marys? They can change the world. Mm. Yeah. My grandfather had a heart attack uh, several years ago, and when he was also airlifted, everyone's getting helicopter rides, when he was airlifted, Rosie went in her room, and she said a Hail Mary, and she came out, and she goes, oh, that ought to do it. And I was like, one little Hail Mary? And she goes, Mom, Hail Marys are big. And I was like, all right, you can stop teaching me now. <laughs> Making me feel bad. <laughs> For those of you that might just be tuning in, we're sitting down with uh, the Sajovic family. They're from Hibbing, Minnesota. And uh, Rose was in an accident recently, and, and she's recovering, and uh, we've had people of the community that have responded and, and built a wheelchair ramp, and we're kind of talking through um, this experience uh, with the family. And I just want to say, actually, Teresa, you, you said this last night, it kind of prompted my heart a little bit because you said the, uh, the parable of the lost sheep. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was just randomly last night, I was watching a, a YouTube video. It was from World Youth Day in uh, Poland. Oh. And there was a, a cardinal in the church that was giving a talk to the American uh, audience, or the, the English-speaking audiences. And he was referring to this. He talked about why the lost sheep. And he, he said the lost sheep and, the, and the, the lost coin. And he actually alluded to, he said, you know, this lost sheep who's probably suffering and broken. And then he said, you have this one coin this, and he said, and it feels like it's just a worthless coin. He's like, who would go after them? And then he, there was this powerful point when this cardinal said, why would the shepherd go after them? Why would the owner go after him? And he says, because you're mine. Because you're mine. And Rose, I just, in the midst of all of this story and talking with you today and seeing your courage and seeing the reality that we have a God that loves us, and your story inspires me because I see a God present who throughout this whole process looks at you and says, you are mine, Rose. And he's proud of you. And I just think of all of our listeners today, uh, wherever you're at, I mean, we have a lot going on in our world. And maybe sometimes we feel like that lost sheep that's very broken. Maybe we feel like that, that coin that seems useless. But we have a God who loves us so deeply that looks even into your brokenness, even into your suffering today, and says, you are mine, and I will go after you. I will rescue you. I love you. And it just touched me as you said that, because I think what, what your experience does give a lot of us hope, because we live in a world right now that desperately needs hope and light uh, to shine in the darkness. So, so thank you for, for the witness that, that you have been, and the prayer warrior that you are, and know that your God loves you so much and says, you are mine and you are precious, you are priceless, and I will go after you. So. Yeah, it's so good, Ben. And, you know, we're sitting here at the Holy Spirit Social Hall, and uh, Rose is here with us. And Rose, how many casts? You've got two casts on both your legs? Yep. Right? Is there one up to your, kind of up to your knee and the other one's kind of up to your thigh? Is that kind of what's going on there? You talk about it. Yeah, you've got a couple casts. Oh, is that pretty painful? No. Yeah. Oh, look, she's lifting her leg up. Holy <laughs> cow, that's amazing. Like, she, she, the, the strength and courage of this young lady. All right, but, but you've got two casts on. You know, you said your stomach hurts a little bit from your ribs that were broken, and you got some bruises all over and some scars from your surgeries. Um, so your body lo- shows some wounds, right? Um, and there's people out there, they might not have wounds in their bodies, but sometimes there's wounds in their hearts and their souls and their emotions, and we're all kind of wounded. So I want you to think about this for a moment. What have you learned about God in the midst of your 
hurt in your suffering? Like, how, how have you grown in your relationship with God? What have you learned about God in this difficult time? He is always with me. Even when we're suffering and we feel like he's not there, he is. Yeah, were there times that maybe you felt like he wasn't there? Yeah, where you felt kind of alone? Yeah. yeah. And, but, but your faith reminded you that he was there with you, right? And how, like, and how, does, that, how does that help you when, you when you realize that God's with you all the time? It helps me to know that if anything bad happens, he's there to protect me. Yeah, he's there to protect you. And, and, and to have a God that loves you that much and is there to protect you. And if there's anybody out there, let's just, there's people on the radio right now listening. If there's somebody out there right now that maybe is going through a surgery or maybe has cancer or maybe got in an accident or maybe there's an older person that's just like lonely, what would you say to them if there's somebody out there listening right now that's really suffering and sad? What, we, what would you like to tell them to give, the, to give them hope and help? God is with you. You're never alone. <laughs> so beautiful. And, and how, how, how do you think that, um, what if they say, well, I don't believe that. Like, like, how, like how would you, what would you encourage them to do in order to, to come to that place where you understand that God is with you? You have to go to church. Beautiful. Okay, good. So go to church and to pray, all right, and to, to be in relationship with God, right? Because you would say you have a relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how have you developed that relationship with God? By going to church, what are some other things? Praying, going to confession, um, saying the rosary. Beautiful. All right, so all those things. How old are you again? Nine. Nine years old. And so to our listening audience, all right, this is a young girl that's nine years old. And here she is talking to us about a relationship with God and that in suffering, God is with her. Um, and I often think that as we get older, we become more jaded and more doubtful and more cynical. All right, and it, it takes a young child often to remind us to keep perspective. All right, that even though we're wounded, here's a girl in front of me that is has got again, seriously like has <laughs> has casts on her legs and has wounds and bruises and, and and you could look at her and Rose, you 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 could just say, ah, I'm so mad. <laughs> right? Some people do that when they suffer. Okay, and that's really hard. And we're, there probably were days that you were like, there probably still are days where it's hard, isn't it? All right, but again, what keeps you going? God. Yeah. Amen. All right. It's your relationship. Can with the you Lord. talk about how you felt for the driver? Yeah, I, I felt, heard. Yeah, go ahead. I heard about this story too. I felt really sorry for her. Yeah. So that driver must. I mean, like, it's got to be so difficult. Um, and Ro- Rose, I just want to say, like, when I heard that again, like, so here, I've never met any of your family. I've never met you. And I hear here you are. The first thing I hear is that you're praying a hail mary and praying to God as your. You're lying after your accident. And I hear about this concern for a broken bike. And then all of a sudden I hear that in a conversation that you bring up, like, I really feel bad for the driver and I think we should pray for them. And I think that teaches us a lot about, again, like what I said earlier, where so many times uh, in our humanity, when suffering and tragedy and hardship happens, we kind of go in on ourselves. We kind of look like, why did this happen to me? This is so hard. And we, but what I see in you as a fourth grader teaching so many of us is that even in the midst of tragedy and hardship, you can look to those around us that are, where there's also hardship and difficulties and still with love look out to those around us, right? And that's what I think like our church teaches us that love is willing the good of the other. <coughs> and I see so much of that in your rose. So, so. Uh, you probably know, I don't know, maybe you're even named after this saint. There's a saint named St. Rose of Lima. All right, there's a, she's yeah. <laughs> a beautiful saint. And she once had this quote. This is one of her famous quotes. She said, without the burden of afflictions, 
it is impossible to reach the height of grace. The gift of grace increases as the struggle increases. So St. Rose, who lived many, many years ago, all right, you're going to be St. Rose one day, St. Rose of Hibbing, okay? But, but St. Rose, what does she tell us? She says, the more that the struggle and the more we suffer, the more God gives us grace and the holier we can become. And so I want you to know that even though God had his, all of you, like God's given you the opportunity to suffer, and if you suffer with him, he'll make you a saint. And we'll have St. Rose of Hibbing, all right? And, so, and that's your goal in life. And that's all of our goal is to become saints, that we take the tragedies and the struggles of this life and the sufferings of life, we unite them to the Lord in faith, and then God does something beautiful with it, all right? You would have never had the chance to share your story on the radio without that accident. You'd still be at home just doing your thing, all right? But God's now using you to share your story, which is beautiful. And so, Rose, we're going to close up here in just a minute. Will you do me a favor? All right, will you lead us in a Hail Mary? All right, let's just close our segment by you praying a Hail Mary for all the people out there that are suffering that God would be with them and that Mary would protect them. Can you do that? Yep. All right, why don't you start us with the sign of the cross and then you can pray Hail Mary, okay? And the sign of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, one woman, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death, amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That was a beautiful prayer. That was a beautiful couple segments, and you guys have an amazing family, and I really mean that. You, you, you speak hope uh, into many of our hearts. So thank you for, for being with us today, and God bless you guys, okay? Thank you, thank you for having us. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation on hope and perseverance. Uh, we'll be back right after this break.